Hi there, and thank you for tuning in to the following message provided by Renew Church. We pray that this message will be a blessing and encouragement for you. For more information about our church, please visit www.renew.miami. Team is uh, making their way down. I, I want to uh, give uh, Jerry and Roxy some credit this morning because, um, you know, there was a time when Jerry was trying to, he was trying to kind of like step back a little bit. Uh, this is Jerry Perez for those that don't know, right? Remember that, Jerry? Remember those conversations we had? How many of you are glad Jerry didn't step back a little bit, right? Praise God. Uh, you know, Steph is at a wedding. She's out of town. Uh, Danny can't talk. Um, Allie is not here. And, and uh, so Jerry and Roxy stepped up and led us and led us powerfully. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Thank you, guys. Love you all very, very much. Thankful for this worship band and for each and every person. I'm going to uh, invite uh, a couple of my friends. I forgot my Bible and everything down here. I'm going to invite a couple of my friends up to the, the front this morning. Actually, I'm going to invite Jason, Felix, and Jimmy to the front this morning as uh, we start this word this morning. So, yeah, let's give them a round of applause. You guys may be like, I don't know what we're clapping for yet, but uh, clap anyways, because as I said last week, I think I said this last week, I know I said it to the Renew crew last week, uh, it's hard to clap, it's hard to be mad when you clap, right? It's hard to, like, try it, it's impossible, it's almost literally impossible. Well, um, we're in a sermon series that, um, grab that mic right there, Jason, if you can, we're in a sermon series that that is talking a little bit about who Renew Church is, our core values what we're about, what we, we stand for, and everything. And um, we're in a message this morning called uh, We Heart or We Love Our City. And so we had this um, opportunity just a couple of days ago um, where we were uh, out doing some homeless ministry, and Jimmy's going to talk about that in a minute. But when we went out there, we just showed up, and we ran into these guys and this bus full of uh, like uh, it, like equipment to give help the homeless get showers, and there was barbers on the side giving haircuts, and there was uh, food and clothing being handed out, and worship music being played, and and it was like church on the street, wasn't it? Yes, yes, it was, it was church yes, on the street. And so, like, we just walked up there because we had been doing it a few times, but we walked up there and we were like, man, what is it that you do, and why do you do it? And so I want to ask in front of everybody, I want to say, uh, Jason, why do you do what you do? Tell us a little bit about your ministry, the God Squad ministry, and then I'm going to let Felix talk about the Miami ministry. Um, but why do you do what you do, my brother? Because I love Jesus so much. I was a number one sinner, but I became a winner when I had Jesus Christ in my life. Amen. The God Squad is uh, basically, it's a ministry. When you accept Jesus Christ, you're in the God Squad. You take no perfect people. We take people just like you. Everyone can come aboard. doesn't matter if you have a misdemeanor or a felony. We accept all applications. What we get is that when we go out there, and like you said, you know, the church these, you know, has four walls. We don't have four walls. We go into the streets. When these people can't go to church, we bring the church to them. And that's what it's about. You know, he put it into both of our hearts to, to go out there. He has the Miami ministry. I have the God Squad Nation. But they're all God's, God's ministry. He gets the glory. But when we saw these guys, they were just amazed. Your pastor is amazing. Your pastor and Jimmy were like, wow, because we, we rented the showers. Um, we rented the showers out, and they took showers. They got haircuts. And we got to change lives because of Jesus Christ. We got to pray on them. Um, you know, they just want 
they just want to be people. That's all it is. They want us to get on their level, sit down, have a conversation because they're at their lowest lows. And you got to remember, it's in our backyard. We have drugs, alcohol. We have mental ish, uh, mental health, that uh, mental uh, illness that's going around. The enemy is trying to kill, seek, kill, and destroy them. But we bring the love of Jesus, and what happens yeah. is it transfers lives. You get addicted to this. It's addicting going out there and seeing the lives. Everyone that's sitting here in the church, I was there too. I was sitting there in church going, what should I do? Um, what should I do? I got involved. Everyone serves a purpose and make yeah. disciples. Yeah. So thank you. Amen. Hey, I want to ask one more question. Actually, go ahead. Uh, Felix, um, tell us, like, uh, what got you started in the Miami ministry? So basically, uh, one day I was down in Miami. I was just happened to be uh, going out with my dad and my brother to uh, go have dinner at Bayside. And as I'm walking to the place, uh, I just hear a small, still voice. And it's like, you need to come down here and start a ministry and you know, lo and behold, I just was like, okay, God, like, when, when do you want me to start? And he was like, you know, you got to be patient and we'll just wait on me. So I was fasting at that time. I was at work and so on and so forth. And then it's just like, okay, you need to go now. And that was just basically like two days later. It was a Thursday. And then he led me out to go August uh, 11th. So uh, yesterday was actually two months that, you know, we've been out there doing the Miami ministry and we just see uh, lives being transformed. And, uh, you know, honestly, yesterday, we didn't even see as many people out there that we actually been seeing, you know, the past two months. So God's doing something mighty out there. He told me that he's going to bring a revival to Miami. So I believe that, you know, as long as you're obedient and you do what God tells you to do, then he's going to bring the people out there to, uh, you know, work side by side with you. Because, again, it's not about us. It's about him and his people. And he tells us to get out of the four walls of the church and, and go love on the community. Amen. Let's give, give them a round of applause. I got another question. Yeah. What, what, um, when we're, we're going to be talking about this as, as a church and as leadership about like taking steps to get more actively involved in loving our city in areas like this, why should we do this? It's a step of faith and obedience, like he said. He just says he, he, God has our steps already planted because, listen, like I said, I was, I was uh, in a gang called Evil Nation. Now I'm in a gang called the God Squad Nation. God gave me the situation but I got the revelation to preach his word to all creation. So you just got to have that step of faith when in the Bible it says you uh, have a faith as much of as small as a mustard seed. You could tell that mountain to move and throw it into the sea. That's what you guys got to do. Get involved. Your church, your church is now having a brow, I mean, outreach that they're having here. So get involved. We want to partner up. You got to, once you do the step, God's got the rest. It's that faith that you got to have. Amen. 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 Yes. Felix, anything you want to add? Um, I just want to say one short thing. Um, obedience is better than sacrifice. I know Amen. the word says yeah. that as well. So it's like when you do take that step of obedience, you're just showing God that you're willing to do his will and not your own. And again, by doing so, you're going to transform lives. And, you know, there's no better thing than that because I myself, you know, just be able to partner, you know, with God Squad Nation and even now Renew Church. It's amazing. I actually told uh, Trevor that I used to live in Kendall, but I moved to Hollandale Beach because the Lord moved me over there. But um, I was actually following him on Instagram and Facebook and saw him as he was, uh, you know, launching the church and stuff. And then he came down to Miami, and I was like, I know you from somewhere. 
And it's just, it's so amazing how God, like, connects people and stuff. And I was also asking God to, like, you know, bring down, like, a bigger cooler and stuff like that. And I just want to thank Jimmy and Trevor because they actually blessed us last week with a bigger cooler. And it was, like, amazing, like, what God does when you're just doing his work. So if anybody ever wants to come out or be a part of what's going down in Miami or in Pompano or wherever the Lord leads you to go, just take that step of faith and do it. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. You two can have a seat. Give them a round of applause as they make their way. This guy needs no introduction. Uh, I liked it when you were down on that step because you're not as tall as me there, brother. But uh, that's all right. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll put you back up. You guys know uh, my brother Jimmy. And uh, so Jimmy, talk to us for just a minute in the local context. These guys are doing it for the city and for Broward. Why do you do what you do? First of all, what we do is, uh, first Saturday of every month, we uh, take out 100 meals to homeless. We give them water. We give them uh, clothes, shoes, toothpaste, toothbrush. And uh, we do that the first Saturday of every month. Why I do this? Well, uh, a few years back, Thanksgiving Day, uh, Barbie and I lost our son in a car accident. And um, he was very involved with the homeless. There wasn't one homeless that would uh, cross his path, that he wouldn't give whatever money he had in his wallet. Um, even at, at the funeral, uh, we heard a couple stories. Like there was this one, uh, he would go to this bar in Bayside every Thursday, and I would argue with him. And, um, and tell them, you know, why are you going to do this? you got to work tomorrow. Uh, you know, why are you going to go drink on a Thursday night? So it so happens that uh, his friend was the bartender there. And uh, at the funeral, he told me that the reason he would go was because there was this paraplegic man that was a, a former veteran. And uh, my son would hold his drink and light his cigarette. So... Uh, I decided to honor him by doing this. Let's give him a round of applause. Jimmy, if, um, man, like, if you could give one reason to, to us sitting here right now why they need to come out on the first Saturday and, and experience this, what would, what would be your reason for them? Well, first of all, we're doing it to honor God. And... Um, It's, it's, we help them, and we, uh, we give them a, a hot meal and some water and some toothpaste and some clothes and whatever else we can give them. But realistically, the blessing is for us. Like, uh, you leave there humbled. Yeah. No matter how bad your situation is at home, when you go out there and you see these people that are less fortunate, um, it, it just breaks you down. You, you know that your situation is not that bad. I've done it, yeah. Give them a round of applause. Man, I've done it, and um, I've been there and ministered to these people, and we're building these relationships with these people. It's, it's oftentimes we're seeing the same faces, and they're glad to see us, and they're happy that we're there. And, and when I leave from there, I know I'm going back to a warm bed and a hot meal and all of that, and I know that I'm 
going to be gone for a month. And when I come back, they're still oftentimes right there. But they're still so happy that we're there. They still, it makes them feel like, wow, I'm blessed because, uh, they're, they're blessed because they, they know that somebody cares about them enough to leave where they're at to come down and minister to them. And they usually, as I said, they usually give us more encouragement than we give to them. Jimmy, thank you so much. Any last words? Anything else you want to say? I challenge you guys to go out there and do this. Um, again, the blessing is for you. It's, it's, it's not so much what we do for them, but you, you will leave there humbled. Awesome. Thank you, Jim. Right. Amen. Amen, man. I am uh, so proud of Jimmy and, uh, and uh, all that he's done, and, and he's an inspiration to me. And and uh, Jason and Felix, it's been a pleasure to get to know you guys, and we want to bless you guys in your ministry and hopefully be able to sow a seed into your ministries here in the near future, okay? But uh, we're just so, so thankful for what God is doing and in the connection that's being made. You know, if I'm honest, though, um, I, I haven't always been the best at reaching homeless people. It's not something that I've had a lot of experience with, and, and uh, my heart sometimes has hardened towards some of them. I don't know if anybody else can relate to what I'm talking about. A little bit, at least. Uh, a few years ago, I was trying to help a guy down in the Homestead area when I lived down there, and he worked the corner of US 1 and 264th Street. I say worked the corner because he would kind of panhandle right there and walk that street. And so I pulled off one day, and I turned off the road, and I, I, I waved him down. And I said, hey, man, come over here. Uh, he looked horrible, limping, and he looked so bad, and his face was so just uh, worn. He just really looked worn out, and he was young. He wasn't even that old. He was in his 30s, but he looked like he was in his late 50s, really, really worn. I pulled off the road. I said, man, let me help you, uh, and, and, and I was on my way to church. I think I was on my way to a Bible study at that time at a ministry that I was a part of, and I said, let's go. Just, just come with me just as you are, and, and uh, I'll get you some food, and we'll try to get something together for you and all of that, and he said, no, man, I can't. I can't. My in-laws are coming down tomorrow, and they have some work for me, and, and um, I'm just trying to get a little bit of money together before we make the move. You know, it was almost as if he had this story together that, uh, that it was all just about to happen, right? And he said, thank you so, so much, but really, I can't. I got to stay right here, and I just got to get a little bit more money so I can head out. A couple weeks later, I see him, and he's still hobbling on that corner, and he had more excuses. And then a while later, he's like, I'm not even at the corner, but I see him on the street in a, in a parking lot of a McDonald's. I'm in the drive through line at the McDonald's, and I see him in the, in the, coming past the McDonald's on, in his, you know, just running. And I'm like, that dude's not hobbling at all. So either he was miraculously healed or something happened. But I like literally my heart hardened, if I'm honest with you. And I didn't really want to help him anymore. Maybe you've had some of those same experiences. Maybe you've seen the people on the street and you've felt that way or you've talked that way or you've thought that way. But I want to, I want to say this. I mean, just to defend some of your feelings and your emotions. I know that helping the homeless is not easy. I know that uh, it's, they are oftentimes they're dirty and they need food and that food is temporary and they're often addicted to something. And you don't always know the story and everything behind it. And we don't always relate but someone does, and I want to read his passage. I want to read his, his defense right now. It's in Matthew chapter 25. Matthew chapter 25, starting at verse 31. And this is what it says. When the Son of Man comes in his glory, 
and all his angels with him. I need you to imagine the Son of Man coming in his glory, not just showing up just you know, like you and I would walking up on, the, on, on a house, but literally in his glory with 10,000 times 10,000 angels. That's how the Son of Man will come. And when he comes, he will sit on his glorious throne. And all the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. And then the king will say to those on his right, come you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance. The kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. He's saying, this is yours. This is your inheritance. And he says, for I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty. And you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. And then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in? Or needing clothes and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? The king will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, not not the elite, but the least of these you did for me. I wish that was the end of the verse. I wish that's where Jesus stopped, but he didn't because he continues. And I don't want to read it, but I have to. Here's the rest of the context. Then he will say to those on his left, depart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes, and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison, and you did not look after me. They will answer, Lord, When did we see you hungry or thirsty or stranger or needing clothes or sick or in prison and we did not help you? They're saying, Lord, you know we would do that for you all day. There's not a doubt you're never going to go without. We will sacrifice for you. And he says, truly I tell you, whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. Then they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. This is God's word. We're thankful for it even when we're not thankful for it. Amen? This is God's word, and we're thankful for it. Here's some of my initial thoughts that I just kind of have jotted down on this, and these aren't notes on the screen or anything, but I just want you to know God cares for the least of these. And caring for others is caring for Jesus. God cares for the least of these, and caring for others is caring for Jesus. Another thing I want you to get is is that social holiness is equally as important as personal holiness. What do you mean, social holiness? So, So, in other words, the things that we do for society, the way in which we help society is as important as the way in which we help ourselves. Social holiness is as important as personal holiness. In Leviticus chapter 19, this goes back to even the Old Testament when the Lord was given the commands to the Israelites about how to take care of those that were down and out. He said, when you reap the harvest of your land, do not reap to the very edges of your field or gather the gleanings of your harvest. Do not go over the vineyard a second time or pick up the grapes that have fallen. Leave them for the poor and the alien. I am the Lord your God. In other words, he was saying that is your offering to me when you leave that for them. 
he's saying that, and he said it all the way back to those times, to the Israelites, God's people. This passage does not just say who, because oftentimes we're thinking, oh, it's just about the homeless on the street that God Squad Nation and Miami ministry ministered to. This does not just say who, but it's also the what and the how. I was thirsty. I was hungry. I was in prison. I was sick. I was naked. And you looked after me. Another thing that I want you to get is, is that according to this passage, it sounds like some think they will enter and they won't. Like, that's shocking to me, but that's what Jesus said, and that's what his gospel declares. There will be a separating. One, someone once said that heaven will be surprising when we get there, just as much as who will be there because of the grace of God as who might not be there because of their turning their back on the grace of God. We never know what God's doing, but God may be speaking to you even today. This is one of the most controversial teachings of Jesus in the gospel. And here's why. It sounds like that I'm kind of contradicting even what I talked about last week. It sounds like I'm contradicting our, our, our theology of grace. And the fact that we are saved by grace and not by works. But I'm not. Ephesians chapter 2, and let me just give the, the defense for those again it says, and I read this last week, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, so that no one can boast. Second Corinthians 5, it says, for he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, so that we might become the righteousness of God for him, that we might be the righteousness of God for him. It's only through him. In Romans 3, it says, this righteousness comes from God comes through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. And there is no difference, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God and are justified freely by His grace through the, through the, the that they receive, man, through the redemption that came by Jesus Christ. I missed a part of my, my iPad. God presented Him as a sacrifice of atonement through faith in his blood. Romans 5, 8 says, but God showed his love for us that while we were still sinners, in other words, while we were sinners, Christ died for us. Not because we got right with God that that's when we were saved and that's when he died for us, but while we were sinners, Christ died for us. And then finally, Romans 6 says, the gift of God for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. So, Am I saying, Pastor, that you're saved by works, or am I saying that you're saved by grace? I'm saying you're saved by grace. Works, though, have a part to play in our faith, don't they? I mean, th there's, there's something to be said about it. Matthew chapter 25 is not specifically just talking about works being the root of our salvation, it's not what it is. It's not the root of what we do. And if we don't have that, then we're not saved. But instead, these verses that I just read and, and what uh, Jesus said is pointing to the fact that works are the fruit of the grace of our salvation. You understand what I'm saying? In other words, it's because of Jesus, because of his grace, because of what he did for us, that there is a fruit that is pouring out of us that causes us to help the naked and the hungry, and those that are in prison, and those that are without food and drink. I want you to take these verses. I want you to take this passage of Scripture, and I want you to look in the mirror. I want you to look at your life. I want you to look at, look at your tree, and I want you to say, 
How is your fruit? What does your fruit look like? These verses, as they relate to me and as they relate to our church, it's, it's important that you get that this is all about, hey, how can Renew Church love our city even more? The first thing you got to know is, is that we can't be spiritual consumers. We cannot be spiritual consumers. Of course, we are consumers, and we have to be fed, and that's important. I mean, that's what we do every single day. We eat, right? We are those that need to be filled But Renew Church is not a place where you just come, receive, and leave. It can't be that kind of place. Otherwise, you're a spiritual consumer, and we can't be spiritual consumers. If you are, you're not getting it. You see, that's what happens in the Dead Sea. The Dead Sea is a place where nothing can live. It's an inlet with no outlet. It has a single source, the Jordan River. And it is not connected to the ocean, so all it ever does is take in water. But when the water pours into it, it doesn't leave the way that it comes in. It actually is only evaporated up. So the water is evaporated, and it leaves the salt behind. It's an inflow, but there is no outflow. I think this is an example of of sometimes how consumers are in their life. Only receiving, only taking in, only allowing you to, to get get, get, instead of allowing it to be less like the Dead Sea and more like the river of life. How many of you know the, the river of life is a, a place where things grow and wildlife are supported and fish swim? It's an example of consuming while producing both at the same time, where growth happens and growth happens in the overflow. That's the kind of life that we need to live. That's the kind of body of water that we need to be. We can't just be the Dead Sea consuming and receiving, but we have to be the river of life that's consuming and receiving. And then through the overflow, God does something great. Life happens. Let God do what he wants to do in and through your life. The second thing that I want you to get, and this is out of order, Gaby, but the second thing is is that love has legs. Love has legs. When Jesus said these words in Matthew chapter 25, he was celebrating those that were feeding the hungry. He was celebrating those that were housing the stranger and clothing the naked and helping the sick and visiting the prisoner. He said, whatever you did for the least of these, you did it unto me. You see, these weren't just saying, I love you with our mouth. These were people that were living it out in everything they did and everything that they said. James chapter 1, the brother of Jesus, he talks a little bit about this. He says, religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. Then he says in verse 14 and, and uh, chapter 2, he says, what good is it, my brothers? If someone claims to have faith, but he has no deeds, can such faith save them in other words love has legs suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food and if one of you says to them go in peace be warm and well fed but does nothing about it what good is it in the same way faith by itself if it is not accompanied by action it is dead but someone will say you have faith I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds, and I will show you my faith by my deeds. 
You believe that there is one God, good. Even the demons believe that. And it says they shudder. You foolish person. Do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? Was not our father Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see that his faith and his actions were working together and his faith was made complete by what he did. And the scripture was fulfilled. Abraham believed God and it was credited credited to him as righteousness and he was God's friend. You see that a person is considered righteous by what they do and not by faith alone. You see, love has legs. The third and final thing that I want you to get is, is that it's not about me. In our hyper self, hyper self-centered society, it's, hard, it's important, it's hard, but it's important that we start thinking about our neighbors, to love them as we love ourselves. That's the greatest commandment and it's got to be one of the hardest to do. Because when I'm hungry, I'm going to eat. When I'm thirsty, I'm going to find something to drink. When I'm cold, I get a jacket. When I'm sick, I go to the store and buy medicine. When I'm tired, I go to bed. But this idea, I-N-A-M, it's not about me, is a concept that says it can't always just be about taking care of number one. Loving our city means loving those that need it the most. And sometimes they're not on the street downtown in Miami. Sometimes they're right there in your backyard. Sometimes they're in your neighborhood. But it's not just about the who. It's about the where. It's about the what. It's about the where, any, any how, anyone that you can serve. Loving our city means caring for those that are, that are, are, are just struggling and so maybe God is not speaking to you about joining God Squad Nation this week. And, and maybe you can. I, I'm going to encourage as many as would, would join us on the first Saturday of November, November the 2nd, as we go down and we serve the homeless. But some of you, it's just not going to be possible for whatever reason or another. Or that's only a couple of hours anyways. But this message isn't just about coming on one Saturday a month for two hours. This is about a lifestyle change. This is about saying... In the same way that we talked about worship as a lifestyle, service has got to be a lifestyle. So somebody this morning is feeling convicted because they need to go visit somebody in the nursing home. Or somebody else that they know that needs their help with their lawn or some landscaping. Or somebody that, that uh, is in line and, and struggling to come up with the money to pay for their gas. Whatever the case may be, it's an opportunity for you to say, you know what, it's not all about me. And I want to do this. For you, I want to be a blessing to those per people around us. At Renew Church, we talk all the time about knowing God, finding freedom, discovering purpose, and making a difference. Man, I want to make a difference. I want Renew Church to be a church that makes a difference so that we can love our city in all areas. Not just in the homeless ministry with Jimmy and Jason and Felix, but in all areas of our life, that we would be that kind of people, that we would be that kind of church. I'm going to invite Keys to come back up, and, and I want to share this quick story with you. There's a good friend of mine. She's a prayer warrior. Not a part of this church. She was a part of a former ministry uh, that I was, I was involved in, and, and um, she knew that I was preparing, and we were preparing to plant Renew Church. And... Uh, 
When we started Renew Church, we had committed to 4,800 meals, prayer, prayer and fasting. Like we had just built a team of people and said, we need you to pray and fast. And we, we had assigned meals and just said, if you could commit over the next six months, you know, to one meal a day. And, and it, people committed to anywhere from 100 to 200 to 300 plus meals over the course of a couple of years, praying for you and praying for this. How many of you knew that, that this is happening? That's happened for you for many years up until this point. This lady had prayed probably some 300 meals, fasted some 300 meals for this church. And I found out that she, um, she was losing her home. Actually, I found out that she lost her home. She was way behind her to taxes. And they were just days away from selling her, uh, her property on the, on the courtyard steps. Literally, just a couple days away. And a person from this church, and by the way, that person has never been to this church. That person that's prayed and fasted for you some 300 times has never even been through the doors of this building. But she's prayed and fasted for you. And she was losing her home. Financially, she came across some very, very tough times in her life. And she was about to lose her home just a few days away. I just found out here this last week that someone else that's a part of this church, I won't say names, I won't call people out because that's not the reason this person did this, but someone from this church heard about that person and he called his attorney and he had the money wired and, and made a $5,000 payment to save this person's home. Can you believe that? This person loved our city by loving this lady. And I, f I find that it's like reciprocating. That's what I, the reason I tell that is not to brag on this person. But she, she was praying. And she was unselfishly praying and fasting and saying, God, honor my fast. Help these people. Help this church. This church that I may never even get to go to. But God, I pray that you would bless these people and bless the pastor and bless all of those that are going to walk through the doors of that church. God, may it be a beacon of light to the West Kendall community. And as she prayed and as she fasted and hungered for God, God was providing for her. Because one of the answers to her prayer, one of the people in this building was her provision. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that mind-blowing? Like, she was, she was praying for us. She's about to lose her home, and her prayer for renewed church turns out to be in a, a prayer for her personally. So when you say, I want to do something for someone else, but man, I don't know. Like, I do something all the time. You never know what God's doing in a circular way, in a cyclical way to change not only that situation, not only to be a blessing to this church, but to be a blessing to you. We've got to be those kind of people that can have that kind of heart. that can love our city. I want Renew Church to be that again and again and again and again. I want more people to experience that. Not so that people can just get hands out, 
but so that people can get hands up. I loved what Jason said. He said uh, in one of his posts on his social media, it was like, these are, these are, we were able to help however many, I don't remember how many he numbered off, but we were able to help and pray for and feed and give showers to X number of future homeowners. We always call them the homeless. And he said, future homeowners, he's casting vision and declaring over their life that there's something great that's coming for them. I want to be a part of that. I want to be a part of loving our city like that. And Renew Church isn't just here to sing songs, to set all this up, and tear it all back down, and hear a, a nice, comfortable word, but to be challenged, to be convicted, to be inspired, to say, I want to love my city. And again, I'm not just talking about downtown on the first Saturday. I'm talking about every single day. In whatever ways, God opens the doors for you. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes with me? I'm going to invite the worship team to come back. And we're going to pray a prayer together and, and uh, then we'll sing a closing song. Our gracious Heavenly Father, oh God, we just say thank you for what you're doing in our lives. God, I pray that we would have a, a, a love that goes beyond um, just saying the right things. God, that our love would have legs, that we would do uh, what the good Samaritan did when he saw that person that was broken and beaten, knocked down off of his horse and, and uh, left for dead and he picked him up and bandaged his wounds and took him to the inn and paid his way and came back and checked on him again. God, I pray that we would be that kind of people. Pray that we'd realize that it's not all about me. God, when it's all about us, we feel left empty. We feel like it's just that's not enough. God, I pray that we would somehow in some way become an overflow, that we could receive to give whatever things that you've given to us, God, and all the things that you bless us with, that you would bless us so that we could pass the blessing on to those around us. God, we need that. We want to experience that in powerful, mighty ways. God, I thank you. I thank you for the great things that you're doing and the things that you're going to do in us and through us. I pray that Renew Church would just be one of many churches in the body of Christ across Miami to impact the city, to remove and reduce homelessness in mighty and powerful ways. And we'll give you all the praise and the glory and the honor for the things you're going to do through us. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's sing this closing song together. And if anyone, I just feel in my heart that if there's anyone here that needs special prayer or anything like that, Pastor, that's okay. Uh, if anyone needs special prayer or even if today's a day that you want to choose to give your life to Christ, please, you're more than welcome to come up. This whole front row is open and there'll be people praying for you.
bow your heads and close your eyes with me this morning, God. We are, uh, again, just humble before you, asking that you'd use us great and mighty ways. God, I'm, I'm so thankful that you brought uh, Jimmy into our life, God, and you've used him, God, and used his family, oh God, and, and uh, man, just challenged us to look beyond ourselves. I'm thankful that you connected us with Jason and Felix and the ministries that they're in, and God, I ask that you'd bless them and that you'd help them, that you'd provide for them, God, and just continue to use them in powerful and mighty ways. God, use us. Lord, I, I, that's, that's my prayer, that we would just be this beacon into our community, God, into our city, God, so that when people see and know and, and think about Renew Church, they would think this is a church that cares about its community, that cares about its city, that we would live it out in everything we do, when it's the Harvest Festival or it's the uh, just, just interacting with people on the street, God, use us in powerful and mighty ways. God, we love you. We thank you for this. It's in Jesus' mighty and precious name we pray. Everybody said, amen, amen. Mikey, come on up, brother.
Thank you, Pastor Trevor, for delivering a powerful word. Let's give it up one more time for our pastor. That was good. Really good word. Just a reminder that we do have growth track today immediately after this. Um, if you filled out a connection card or you have a giving envelope, you can drop those off in the buckets on your way out. Um, we'd love for you guys to really just get involved with this church and, and do the work of God with us. We really would love that. Um, and now this is the part of our service where we worship God through the giving of tithes and offerings. So let's pray over that now. God, I pray that you bless this offering, God. That you continue to use it for your glory, God. Help us change the city for your name, God. Help us tell people about your son, Jesus, God, and, and what he did for all of us, Lord. God, bless these families here, Lord, and bless everything they do and touch, God, for your name and your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. That is it. Thank you guys so much. You may be dismissed. Let's go. People say people from every nation.